I am State Farm Agent Rob Renz, and I want to help you get to a better place. Visit us online at ilminsurance.com. That's ilminsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to the Veteran Business Collective Podcast. I'm Chase Roth, and I am here today with Ethan Bickley. What's up, buddy? Honored to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I have a feeling that this is going to be an epic episode. <laughs> I hope so, man. I really hope that, uh, you know, it, at least it's beneficial. Right. And we were talking prior to getting started that I, I might be off, but I think we're at, this will be number 16, our 16th episode, which you didn't even know, did you? I did not. Just not, but... not paying any attention. I feel bad. On. Yeah, you should. You should feel bad. I've been in here working really hard, <laughs> getting these episodes recorded, for, so people like you can listen to them, and then you know you don't. So. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I can't be perfect. No, but you try. <laughs> you do try. <laughs> At least and that's what I love about you. Strive for perfection, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so let's hear a little bit about you, man. You're an Army veteran. Yes. Uh, how many years did you do in the Army? Five. Five years in the Army, and. Uh, What'd you do for Uncle Sam? Well, so I started out in the North Carolina National Guard okay. at the Five Fourteenth Military Police Company, and uh, that was in ninety. Well, started and joined in nineteen ninety nine, and then nine uh, eleven kicked off, and I went into the regular army, you know, full time mm-hmm. army for uh, three years or so. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah. Um, so I spent some time at uh, with Second Military Police Company and. Camp Casey, Korea, and then 35th Military Police Detachment in Fort Gordon, Georgia, and I spent a little time on the end of my contract on SRT. Okay. So I did, like, some SWAT stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and you decided not to make a career out of it, obviously. Yeah. No, I didn't. I went, uh, got out, went to school. Um, What'd you go to school for? Political science. No way. Did you know Matt Milot went to school for political science? I did, and even... Even more crazy, we both have our MBA. What? You guys are twinsies. I'm telling you. And you both have beards? We're both very attractive men. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't think of any more similarities that you could probably have. <laughs> right. That's just crazy. That's just crazy. Are you guys act- – you could actually be brothers, long-lost brothers, not even know it. We may. Maybe we are. We could ask him. We'll, 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 we'll check, check in with him later and see what he thinks about all that. Um, that's, that's crazy. So political science – I know we're talking to Matt, he, he opted not to pursue a career in political science. Um, did you ever pursue a career in political science? No, um, no. I didn't because then I, I finished my political science, my undergraduate degree about six months early, um, and then I got picked up by Department of Energy. So then I worked okay. private security with Department of Energy for six years on another SRT as well. So I have limited experience with Department of Energy. When I was with Second Fast, we did a uh, – uh, refuel defuel of a nuclear aircraft carrier in the Department of Energy is that's their their thing is the fuel rods and uh, the security of all that. So they had ninjas, I guess, like you that rode on the trains that <laughs> delivered the the fuel rods and stuff. Um, is that kind of what you were doing for DOE, or are you not allowed to talk about it? I mean, basically, uh, there there's a there are certain types of uh, material that require a, a certain level. Trained security, and, right? Yeah. So, we were more concerned with, um, like the all like the type of material that all the bad guys want, 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So they're not really looking for anything that would have to do with power. They would be looking for something that materials they could repurpose into something else, like make a dirty yeah. bomb or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Something okay. Along those lines. And you were there to make sure that didn't happen. That's right. Very cool. Did your military background kind of help you get into that, or was it not really of significance? Yeah, no, everybody, I mean, like 99% of the guys on the teams were Former military? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I don't know why. The, the really cool thing about that gig was um, that, you know, I got to work with, like, everyone. There was just from Force Recon guys down to, you know, a couple, like, one guy um, played professional baseball. He he, he, he worked... Uh, uniform for Secret Service, um, but he played semi-pro baseball like before that, and then now huh. he's now he's DOESRT. So you know, all kinds of there's like, huh? yeah, there's yeah, I mean yeah. literally like so that was a you know that was just interesting to see because we did have like some really high marksmanship standards, mm-hmm. like very high actually. So you know it was interesting to see all these different types of which people which was apparent when we things. when we did our big range weekend <laughs> last last uh, summer. Like you shot really well. And I think you were one of the only guys there that was using that were using uh, iron sights yeah. on your AR, <laughs> right. right? And you were still my killing broken, it. my broken iron sights. That's right. That's right. You had, they, yeah, they had, yeah, you had a problem. I forgot they about call that, that. They call that Kentucky windage. <laughs> <laughs> Just wing it. Hope it hits. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no, man. That's, yeah. So uh, you did that for how long? Six years, you said? Yeah. Okay. And that took me up to 2013. Very cool, man. Yeah. You know, I've well, we've known each other for. Gosh, I think the first time we probably met was, oh, maybe five or six years ago, probably at like a Bunker Labs thing down at Ironclad. Yeah. Um, is that about the time, was it about five, six years when you, you uh, got involved with bar membership and all that? Yeah, that's when, uh, yeah, I got I got involved with bar membership 2018. That's probably when we met, because the first time I met you is I think you had just started uh, doing that, and you were... Uh, um, Doing the, you were doing sales. I think uh-huh. you just got back from a trip to Charlotte um, to to join up a bunch of bars up there. Did you? Go you through, had just started that. Did you go through the Honor Foundation? No, nope. Okay. No, they didn't have that when I transitioned. I got out in 2013. Right. We should crack these. Let's too, do it, man. Yeah, looking so, at it. Uh, but TK said they're gonna they're gonna be loud though, so we'll just like a one, two, three. Sorry. Now he can edit that out if he wants to. It's up to him. And, and cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers to you. Living the, almost the high life, just the light life today. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Champagne and beers. That's, That's right. the wrong beer. I don't know. No, Anyways, it is, but it's okay. It's almost the same thing. Um, so I think the first time we met, you were you were involved with bar membership at the tech startup, yeah. uh, helping them grow that. Um, and you know we've kind of been in touch here and there over the last – Several years since then, we bumped into each other at different events in town. and uh, But I've really gotten to know you the most over the last year since uh, we all got this VBC thing going on. Um, you've participated in that uh, consistently. I think you've been to almost every meeting. Um, so I've gotten to, got to know you quite, quite well, I think. And it's really cool all the different stuff you're into. So I want to hear about everything that you've had going on, man. Like, you've been all over the map. Right, it's pretty exciting. Like I don't, I don't have anything nearly as cool going on as you do. Like I've never been in a movie. I've never taken acting classes. Right, like you've I've never been in a tech startup. Like you're doing all kinds of interesting things. So like just, just share it, man. Like what's going on in the life of Ethan? Well, uh, well, there's there, 
there is a lot going on. <laughs> I suppose I think if I take a step back and kind of pay attention to things that I chase that probably maybe shouldn't be chasing sometimes, but uh, definitely should probably be focusing more on bar membership at this point. Um, but I think that it's been an interesting ride with bar membership because, uh, you know, it's like, so you know, I basically was in college or in the Army or private security industry for up until I was 34, 35-ish. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and then uh, kind of transitioned out of that stuff, uh, went back to school, got my MBA at UNCW 2017 and finished that, or, well, finished in 2017. And, um, and then I got picked up by bar membership, you know, in a sales position in a technology slash uh, software sales um, position. And, um, I mean, it fit me really well based on my background and everything, but I guess my point of saying that is, you know, I've just been, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a shower shoe in the business world. You know, I'm just like this, I'm just started this, you know, I, I consider my graduation in 2017. Oh, you're using it in like terms of like a boot, like you're new. Like a boot, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Sorry, a, dude. That sip of beer set me back. Apparently, like clearly, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't click right away. I get, I get, the, I get clearly, what you're saying now. Clearly, you're right, giving like, me. So you're saying you're saying you're you feel like you're still pretty new to. to the yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. I'm still trying to like you know like learn as much as possible, um, just from other people that I see that are um, either successful or making mistakes for that matter. Um, so, you know, and now I'm in this operations position. You know, I started out you know as a boot or shower shoe you know, in 2018, and now I'm in a position where, you know, I'm, I am the I'm chief operating officer, so I deal with all the daily business activities, mm-hmm. all of, everything from, you know, strategy-wise all the way down to, like, my new details of canceling an account, right? Um, so I think it's just been an interesting kind of uh, trip since 2018 to where I am right now with the, with the company and the things that I'm doing with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And for those that don't know what bar membership is, it's a uh, uh, a program on an iPad where when you go check into a bar in North Carolina, you can't go to a bar if you're not a member if the bar doesn't sell food. So if it's just a bar, you have to be a member, and they give you a card, you pay a fee, and, and all that. Where was what bar membership does is you just scan your driver's license. You don't have to have this membership card that you carry around anymore. It just makes it simpler for the bar to keep track of who their members are and, and all that kind of stuff and keep them compliant with these archaic southern laws that we have down here right yeah um so that's pretty cool and you've been with them since the very beginning um started out you know doing sales and now basically running the company that's pretty impressive yeah i mean it, but it's also a tech company so it's there's also like an aspect where you know it's not like uh like a landscaping company or where i have like you know 30 employee you know what i mean i mm-hmm. just got really I do have a bunch of customers. You know, I deal with you know, I have over four hundred customers. Mm-hmm. So you know that those calls can range from anything to anything, right? Right. Any time of day, whatever. Um, but also, it's also you got to remember it's a tech company, so like it's all it's all done. It just runs it. it I mean, the 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 tech side of it just runs itself essentially. You know, the okay. development team takes care of all that, and then I just have to do the operation side of everything. Okay. So sales, marketing. Um, so. I mean, the fact that it's kind of on, uh, it almost sounds like it's almost on autopilot. A majority the, of the time it is. Like so, every once in a while, there'll be like a really big problem maybe. Um, like, you know, when we hit um, a million, when we hit a million members, we had to upgrade our databases. Okay. And it, But everything didn't work for it. 
it was a bit of a problem. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, we just fixed it. But, I mean, other other than those those major movements, uh, you know, the fact that it's it's kind of kind of seems like it's on autopilot. You said, you know, the development's done. You're not really tweaking it. Don't need to. It does what it's designed to do. You've got your customers. That seems like it's kind of freed you up and allowed you to dabble in some other areas, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's kind of, um, you know, as I kind of took on this COO position, it's it's been a, it's been interesting because, you know, I'm kind of dividing my, I've got to. I've got to really divide my time out. I've got to spend time with my marketing or my sales calls. I've got to section off a part of my day that I spend on sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Then I got to, you know, the random phone calls mm-hmm. from just customer success, you know, trying to make everyone as happy as possible. Um, and or, you know, getting the dev team to like pull some type of some type of da- data points for these customers or something somebody may want, you know, um, so on and so forth. But yeah, definitely something that I'm figuring out is that prioritization of time based on these different options, you know, because at the end of the day, like I'm responsible for this. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I, there are people that have their stakeholders, right. I'm responsible for my actions. I'm responsible to try and grow that company. I'm supposed to make it as, you know, as profitable as possible. Right. Or at least, you know, what we can do. Right. Um, and then, you know, as well as just maintaining, uh, that brand and reputation and so on and so forth with it as well. You know, kind of got to, you really got to, you know, kind of mind your, mind your business. Well, yeah. I mean, you're focusing really on, on just your responsibilities with bar membership, but you're also a coach for the honor foundation. True. Right. I mean, that's, uh, another thing that you're, you're focused on. Uh, what's that been like for you? That's awesome. Okay. Um, even though I'm not, you know, I don't really, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the coaches that, that volunteer their time for the Honor Foundation are like certified coaches, and I don't know, I don't really have any certifications, but I lived it. You know, I did this, I did this transition. I had some difficult times, and um, I ended up like being okay, right at the end of the day, for the most part, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's for you to decide. <laughs> um, and uh, but you know, it, it's it's a it's a great way. I think that if there are any veterans out there that would be interested in doing something like that, they should probably. Not be scared of it, you know. It's not, it's not a super serious thing. It's a voluntary thing, you know. I just talk to my guys, you know, once a week or so. Well, I think that's what, I think that's valuable, man. They don't, they don't need therapy. They don't need a professional coach to come in and sort out their life. They need to talk to a fellow veteran who's walked walked the walk they're about to walk. Right. Right. Yeah. And like, hey, man, what was tough for you? What worked well for you? What would you have done different? Right. I think there's more value in in that you know, sharing your experience as a fellow veteran probably than some certification that you, uh, you know, you could spend a week getting or however long it takes to get. I don't know. Yeah, no, exactly, man. And then, you know, the other side of it is, uh, you know, I think that actually I know so as a matter of fact, I would say, you know, that, you know, a majority of Americans don't have a very good grasp of the type of sacrifices that the special operations um, community makes. And, you know, being able to work with some of these guys on a one-on-one basis is um, eye-opening, as well as uh, just reinforces that respect that I have for. What, what do you mean by that? Can you unpack that a little bit? What do you want? What do you well, mean? you said, uh, you mean you, you you highlighted the special operations community, um, you know, sacrifices maybe being a bit different, and how it was kind of eye-opening for you to have conversations with these with these folks. What what about that? Um, like, could you go into a little more depth on that? 
Well, you know, I think if we think about, you know, if we think about the veteran community as a whole, what um, maybe five percent of Americans serve, I think, in America in the armed forces. Yeah, it might be even less. I think it's I think it's around five percent, right? And then if you look at, you know, um, let me think about it. The passage of where you know people that actually make it into like the special operations side, mm-hmm. you know, then you're talking about less than a percent probably, right? But then these 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 people are making this. Um, I wouldn't necessarily more. I don't want to say like I don't want to diminish anybody's service, right? And you're not, but everybody has a different. But role you, to but play. you kind of know where I'm going. Where it's like, you know, some of these guys may taken some have done incredible actions in mm-hmm. this country that I think that a vast majority of people overlook, don't know about, and it's not really their fault that they don't know about it or, or, or right. maybe overlook right. it. I'm just saying it's just something that nobody's talking about, you know, mainstream wise. Right. right, and so you get to kind of hear that firsthand as you're doing your coaching. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's like, okay. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what's the reason you do the coaching? Do you, does it, is it, uh, you like giving back, like helping out? Definitely, man. Absolutely. It's a way of giving back. It's a way of, um, turning mistakes that I made into something that can benefit someone else. It's, um, it's also what, well, and then the other aspect of it is, you know, you know, you separate from that, you know, I separated kind of, out of that indus- type of industry, I want to be very careful with my words there, but I separated out of that type of industry in 2013. So then, you know, now it's like, like I get to hang out with you and it's great and I love that. You know, but this just adds to that part of my life that that I don't really get to do anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah, it connects you back to like kind of your military like-minded roots. Like-minded people, and, you know, kind yeah. of stuff like that. So. I understand that. I, yeah. For sure. Same way the VBC does. You know, that's what's one of the big benefits of the VEC is, you know, getting to connect with guys like like my lot, for, for an example. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally speaking, I'm speaking loosely, but... <laughs> he's not listening. <laughs> he's, he's got an email list. He's got some kind of email list he's working on. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, you kind of know where I'm, you know, that's, it, you know, finding those types of like... Because when you get, you get out, the, one of the interesting things is, like, when you get out of that kind of stuff, you know, you, you realize how few people really did anything remotely like that. Right. 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 You know what I mean? And really like, small, unique kind of crowd of people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool to, you know, connect with people back on that type of level. Very cool. Is that, is that one of the things that keeps you coming back to the, the VBC is that ability to reconnect with that, that group? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you know, I market it. You know, I market your stuff. You know, I talk to people every, almost every, almost any chance I get. Mm-hmm. I try and plug them in plug into the network. There's actually, um, I can't remember who I was talking with about it, but basically trying to make a connection between the VVC and the Honor Foundation, like a little bit more, um, I actually kind of mean to talk to you about this, but okay. a little more, just maybe a little bit more formalized. Yeah. Um, you know, because some of these guys don't want to have, some some people have, uh, don't have a lot of experience doing professional networking, right? Mm-hmm. And this is an area where, like, everybody's kind of like them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Once again, that like-minded type of people, then they can maybe, and they make genuine connections, right? I mean, yeah, for sure. I was connecting a fellow with uh, GeoAl like yesterday. It didn't quite work out, but my point is, there's like a, this tangible thing here, and we've talked about this a hundred times. But like, what are we really doing? Like, what are we? How are we truly benefiting? And Rob and I, Renz and I have talked about it. You know. Um, how are we truly benefiting the veteran community here? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what are we doing? What do you think? 
I think the BBC is doing a great job of it. I think there are metrics. I think there's data out there. I think there's um, people have increased revenue because of the BBC. I think there's been, um, you know, so I've brought my fe- some of my previous fellows from the Honor Foundation into the BBC. Yeah, I've had. I think that I've had three active duty uh, guests on this show uh, so far. Yeah, um, that are all involved with the BBC in some way. They're already started businesses and they're connected through that, or they're. In the Honor Foundation, they're looking at transitioning, and they're coming down and talking to folks like you that have been there and done it and trying to figure out what they want to do next. So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, man. Let's get back to, to Ethan again because you've got more going on we got to unpack. So we had a conversation. This was probably, <coughs> I don't when do you think it was, like back in, was it November, October, somewhere in there? Remind me of the conversation. You, uh, you, were, at, you were doing acting. Oh, yeah, I'm doing some, like, you know, I do, yeah, I, yeah I've been dabbling in <laughs> past few months in some background acting. Um, but you've had lines and stuff, too. No, no, right? No, you, absolutely. You, no, you told me you had a, a scene where you played a... Um, uh, I did a fisherman f- fisherman role, role and you had to talk to the cop. No, no, no. I've had I was right? pantomiming and then pointing and doing stuff. There's oh, no okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. no lines. No, no lines. lines. No. Okay. Right. But I don't really, you know, that's just a lot of fun. Like, that's kind of like... It sounds like it'd be cool. How, how, how did you ever even think of getting into that? Well, I've been wanting... You, know, you know, since I moved to Wilmington, I know that... Well, it went away for a while, right? There were some some tax credits, I think, that were removed um, back in, like, 2015-ish or something like that. So it's kind of been... The, the industry locally has kind of been um, low or, you know, hasn't been very active. And then as of late... It's been back active. And it's, it's been crazy. And it's supposed to be. So much filming going on here. Wilmington's supposed to be, but what I've heard, I don't know if this, I don't know if any of this is true, but um, what I've heard is Wilmington's like booked for like the next three years, essentially. Yeah, the, the Screen Gem Studios. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I read a thing where they said uh, they could build like three or four more studios over there and have them filled instantly and still not have enough space. There's so much work scheduled. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I think that's really good. Um, they did Iron Man here. Yeah, done all kinds of big stuff here that nobody even realizes. Right? Yeah, well, you would most people don't even realize. Like, it's crazy. Like the amount of films. Like I'm talking about the, <laughs> like the course of history. Like essentially, not you know what I mean. Not just like here is like since 2010, but from previous, like long time. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of films that have been filmed in North Carolina is absolutely astronomical. Right. Because of the mountains all the way to the beaches, and there's yeah. all these different. Yeah, like Last of the Mohicans was filmed here. Yes, yeah, exactly. Not right. in New York where the book takes place. Right. But here. Right, right. Exactly, yeah. man. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. I don't really talk a lot about it, though, because, you know, it, it's fun. And, you know, it's kind of, it's a gig. And, you know, I get paid to do it. It's very, very small pay or low pay or whatever. But um, you, I never want to say anything because then it's like, you know, like, so there's a potential that I have a featured background role in this movie that's coming out in mm-hmm. 2022. Well, what if they don't use it? I don't want to tell. Oh, I don't okay. want to tell anybody. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to. Like, you said you were going to be in this movie. Yeah, like, I didn't see you in there. Yeah, and you're right, like in a handful know. of like four or five people I talked to. About. <laughs> well, it's out there now, man. <laughs> Obviously. It's out but. there. It's on, it's on the internet. It's, it's out on the webs. It's on the every, inter- interwebs. For everybody to, to right. hear about now. Right. No, it's it's cool, man. That's that's what's fun about getting to, to do this is is hearing everybody's stories and all the different things. Like things that I went to thought of doing. Yeah. Like, you're right. We have this huge industry right here. Why not? Right. And it's like, why not? Like, and it's, and it's, even a, if it's just something fun for an afternoon, like, it's cool. Why not? And, and it has an incredible profit margin as compared to 
a, a gro- a, a other industries that are in Wilmington, right? I mean, the idea, like one of the ideas that you know, we should be figuring out here is, uh, is, is, is attracting industries to the area that have high profit margins so they can pay high wages. You know, that's one of the problems we have with Wilmington. It's a great place to live. Everybody wants to live here. It's super competitive. Now, there are some companies out there. There's some big, you know, PPD, well, whatever, that's going on with them right now, but um, as well as... Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of major employers, but, right? right? There's yeah. not a lot of big industry. There's no auto plants here. Like, right. you go to South Carolina and you've got, uh, air, you know, uh, aerospace manufacturers. You've got Goodyear. You've got BMW. You have all these these other major employers down there in the Charleston area and that sort of thing. And here it's, you don't have that. It's slim, You've got man. people with MBAs that are attending bar because they want to be by the beach and there's just no other options. I, they tell me about it. You know, exactly, so, uh, yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, but that's cool, man, that you, that you do that. So uh, how often do you, do you do that? It's complete. I mean, it's, it's totally random. It's like, oh, is it? Yeah, you got to fit the role. You know, they got to, you got to send your information and apply for each one of these things. Each one of these roles, and then you know they look at your pictures, and they say, okay. "Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, look like you look like it, or you, you don't. You're what we're looking for, or you're not, right? And you, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's like, oh yeah, you look like the guy we had in mind to be the fisherman. So like, come on down, or uh, we were picturing somebody different to be the the barista, or right, whatever it right, is, right? right? So no exactly. thanks. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not so, personal. It's just whatever right. that director had in mind, right? Is yeah. that? Yeah, yeah exactly, okay. man. And just kind of, but you know, it's kind of interesting, like. The cool, like, one of the really fun things is being on set. Like, being on a set where there's, you know, with a, with a, with a like, a real director. And it's like, you know, and it goes back to, like, being, like, a private man, to be honest with you. Like, when you're a background person, they're just like, you know, one guy, one director was like, he's, yeah. <laughs> one guy told me to do one thing. And the director told me to do something else. I did both the things. The director didn't like it. He was like, all right, just get out of here. He was like, get out of here. Like, all right. So... <laughs> So you, so you left. But I mean, I left, right? It's like, what well, I mean, that's it, yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah. it was, but it's, it kind of takes you back to like, yeah. you're always wrong. It's like, yeah, that's, right. that's you're funny. Fu- you're, you're, you're fucking breathing. So you're, we want you, but now we don't want, like, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Oh, that's funny, man. Yeah. The director yeah. just, just shit cans you. Yeah. But some people get really upset about it, you know, like, take it super personal. Oh my God. There was like, um, one of these things I was, one of these gigs I was involved in. You know, um, you, you're there all. You could be there all day, right? It could be like a 15 hour day. Like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. And they and you were at will. I mean, that's like, like either you stay or you don't. You leave, anyways. But so some people had to wait to be. They weren't being used very often, and that happens too, where you just kind of sit around for whatever. Back to the military, mm-hmm. right? Hurry up and wait. Yeah, and they weren't getting used, and they got like really upset, and they got really upset with like this uh, like, production assistant or whatever. You're like, I've done this before. Yeah, like, I'm built for this, dude. <laughs> I'm good for at least another six, seven hours That's before right. I care what's going on. Right. <laughs> I'm going to sit and throw rocks at this tire, and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to super entertain me, and I'm going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, that kind of stuff is kind of fun. Well, they got really upset, though, and they, like, made a scene, and they were literally getting, the thing, the thing is, the crazy thing is that they were literally getting paid to do absolutely nothing. So you get paid either way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So they were just sitting there, not doing anything, but they weren't being used, so they got upset about it. But it's like, you're getting paid to do nothing. Yeah. Like, like digging your phone like you do anyways. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Man. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. Some people you just you just can't make happy no matter what, right? That's absolutely the truth, man. Oh, my God. So why even try? Yeah. No, that's what's so funny about someone like the, you know, then now we go back into like bar membership and customer success and 
you know, making these customers as happy as possible. And sometimes it's like, you can just spell something out, man. These people are just, they just don't, they don't, they don't, they don't want to grasp it for whatever reason. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you, do you think you'll keep doing that then? You enjoy it? Yeah, no, I am. And I'm going to. Despite gonna, the hurry up and wait no, and that kind of stuff, it's still, still fun? Yeah, no, it's, it's super fun. Um, and it's cool because, you know, like you might see me, like I might, you might, you know, I might. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, I could go to the movie theater and be like, it's yeah. Ethan. What about like, what yeah. about if that featured, what about if they do use that featured role and it's like in like a trailer or something or like, or like and everybody sees it. Like, yeah. That could be kind of neat. It'd be crazy, man. Yeah. So anyways. And you get paid. Yeah. 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 It's not, it's not like you hear about like extras and stuff and. You go spend the whole day there hoping you can be in a movie just for that, like, hype of being able to say you're in a movie. But it's not that. You get paid, too, yeah. for your time. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, there it's, like, and uh, a couple, like, so they basically pay you, like, eight hours for, they pay for eight hours. Mm-hmm. So, like, a couple of times, you know, I had, like, a premium pay because they used my vehicle. And it was, like, um, it was, like, they used my vehicle and then there was something else and then just my regular straight time. I was only there for, like, six hours, dude. I made, like. 35 bucks an hour that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if it, it goes the other way, too, where... You're there for 15 hours. Uh, and <laughs> they don't use your vehicle and yeah. make, like, $4 an right, hour. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you also didn't have to do anything other than hang out. That's right. It's kind of cool. And you get to see and how that... And they feed you. You see how... Is the food good? Oh, yeah, dude. They got to feed, like, super, like, real actors and stuff. Actresses. They, they feed you the same thing they feed them? Yeah, but they they do make you, like... Well, depending on where, depending, because the movie that I did, the movie that I worked with, hopefully, or whatever, uh, the food was awesome. Really? Like, yeah, it was like a buffet of like, like awesome food, like jerk chicken and whatever, good. like, yeah, yeah, like really good stuff. And then, you know, the, like, <laughs> I worked on like a TV series a little bit, and, you know, they gave you like a bag of. Like a bologna sandwich <laughs> and a bag of chips or something. <laughs> <laughs> budget not quite the same but the, but the but the lunch and the dinner was always like the same food that everybody ate you know what i mean like the that's pretty whatever cool. it was and the yeah. kids, like, there's all kinds of stuff so that's pretty neat yeah and it's, it's really the other kind of interesting thing is about that industry is that like they cater you know they pay wilmington businesses to cater mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like when they have this industry here, well i mean that's the whole and the whole point of the tax incentives right is is that they come here and they stimulate the economy by Right, they're hiring. They're hiring. Money. They're yeah. hiring background. They're hiring people to do cameras, microphones, all that production stuff. They're hiring ca- uh, caterers. You know, they're 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 construction crews. They built be, that whole set over there at the point. Ex- yeah. Exactly. They're doing it. The the you know not it's not just the film industry when something you know like that happens. You know, it's it's the film industry is improving X, Y, and Z industry in Wilmington as well. Right. You know, so there's like this huge. This, the benefit is. You know, multi- multiply. Is yeah, yeah. The most, then, like I think, um, the most people probably think, think about. about right. Yeah, not knowing, not not being involved in it. Yeah, for sure. So what what else is on on your plate, man? You're coaching the Honor Foundation. You're still running bar membership. You've got a a budding acting career going on on the side. Like, is there anything else going on? Uh, training my dog. Wrong? Training your dog. How's that going? That's probably one of the coolest things I've ever done, man. Really. Yeah. So you're I mean, doing it all your own? You no, hire no, I hired a professional trainer. Oh, okay. I hired right. a professional trainer. Well, I had to, right? Um, you, you just can't, especially with a crazy hound dog. You know, I rescued <laughs> this hound dog, man. I mean, it's like, oh, okay. You know, this dog is not like some normal 
I didn't know it was a rescue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got her when she was like five weeks old. Like, okay, she was still just, a puppy though. Oh, total puppy. Okay. Yeah, they, they, somebody abandoned the litter and you know all that kind of stuff. Whatever. Right, right. And um, my dog had just passed away in the middle. So the story. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting story, I guess. You know, it's uh, end of at, at the end of April, twenty twenty. My ten year old dog died. I had the dog for ten years since it was a puppy. And I was like, everybody's isolated. You know, I'm single, no kids. I'm like, damn, dude, I need a dog, man. Like, so I went out and I found this. I was like, well, I'm going to get a rescue dog, you know, whatever. And I thought, you know, they, they were like, oh, it's a hound dog, you know. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I had a blue nose pit. So no fucking way that you can't, there's no more surprises. That my blue nose pit was pretty crazy when she was a puppy and blah. No, man, absolutely wrong. Really? Hound dog was <laughs> what, what, 10X, what, man. Like energy or what? Energy, chewing. <laughs> I mean, the dog destroyed a couple of couches. And it was crazy because, like, I had moved and my... And this is, this is supposed to be your service dog, right? Well, it didn't start out that way. Okay. It just started out as me rescuing this dog. Okay, and then okay. it kind of turned into, like, you know, going through VA stuff and, like, unpacking, back to unpacking, like... You know, like what's going on with the way I think, where I have anxiety issues, and you know all this stuff. And then, you know, probably one of the eye-opening things was that guy and my buddy out in Vegas that I went to go visit. Yeah, I remember you telling. Yeah, me that. You, yeah, yeah. you had a similar experience mm-hmm. with um, a veteran friend of yours as well. And uh, you know, that's when you know. I think that there's a there's a certain point in time where you got to kind of try to identify things that are impacting your mental health, mm-hmm. right? I think, and this is something I, I truly believe that all of us, all anybody who served at all should do, right? And really, like, pay attention to those things that make you feel a certain way or cause you to act a certain way or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like, you know? And, it's, right. okay, and we're talking, like, it could be just something stupid, like minor, like road rage, or it could be, like, something where, you know, like my friend experienced, like, this almost separation from reality, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But... I think that if we identify those things ahead of time as much as we can within our own action effort, right? I think you're, I think we're all better off in the long run. Yeah, I can't argue with that. One. You know. So anyway, so then I, you know, so that kind of caused me to think about stuff like that, and then, then it was like, hey, can we train this dog to be a service dog? You know, I'm talking to my trainer, and she's like, absolutely. She's like, you just got to document all your stuff with the VA because you know we're doing it. This is like, you know, this isn't like my emotional support animal. Mm-hmm. Like it's my service dog. Right, right. This dog. Completely different classification. It's a different yeah. thing. And um, and so, yeah, so that's what, but, you know. The, How long does that take? It, to like, 18 to, to 24 months. Really? It's a pretty big investment, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's a, it's a really huge time investment. I mean, you know, you know, the dog and I train every, almost every day. You know, mm-hmm. we, go, we train at least 15 minutes almost every day. And I have to. If I want her to get there to the point where I need her to be, you know. right. Then, That's pretty cool, though. And it, and Especially it, considering she was a rescue and not right. know, a dog that was bred, you know, in a program yeah. for that or something. Absolutely. You know, like, Absolutely. But, you hence know, the, the reason you have no couch. And <laughs> right. The, the, the cool thing about, the really cool thing about, the, about doing it yourself is that the dog and I have developed this incredible bond. Right. Because she's got to do, she's, the dog has to do, the dog has to do what I tell her to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if the dog doesn't do that, then I have no legal you know, there's a, there's a legal aspect of me being able to take this dog wherever I want to take the dog. Mm-hmm. But the dog has to do... You have it, to have control of it. You have to have control. The dog can't bark. The dog's not allowed to interfere with business operations. They can't bark. 
piss on the floor when I'm in line at grocery store or something right, like right. that, right? So the dog has to be literally perfect, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So um, it's just, it's like it, you can – the dog makes sacrifices for me when mm-hmm. we train, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it is, does. Yeah, and, and that um, – Because I, I think I got my dog, uh, my shepherd, around the same time that you got your right? dog. So they're about the same age, I think. And, um, I mean, I'm not training him to be a service dog, but I'm, I'm training him to be able to enjoy him and take him in public and go to the beach or the park or to the cafe and have him not be a total jerk right. and an embarrassment, <laughs> you know, where he barks his head off every time he sees another dog or something and your like dog that. is a big dog. Oh, dude, tell me he's, about it. <laughs> he's, like... he's so big. <laughs> he's so big. It's so funny. I've got so I've got this. You know, my, he he leaves horse apples. That's right. Dog, right? Like, <laughs> that's right. Like you know, like the bags that you you turn them inside out, the doggy bags, yeah. pick stuff up. Like no, bro, no. It does not not cutting it. Like you need Walmart bags, right, to get the job done. Right. He is a beast, but he's a really intelligent animal, um, and he wants he wants to please you. So if you can figure out how to how to show him that he can do that in a productive manner, he's all about it. Yep. And my and, and he's not motivated by food. Like, I've, I've noticed with yours, uh, you've brought him to some of the coffee socials and, and, and stuff, and she she's motivated. She likes that chicken that you give her, right? Like, oh, she yeah. responds to that. Thor could care less about food. But see, you could hold a steak in one hand, and if you had a tennis ball in the other hand, tennis ball all day long. All he cares about is playing, working, activity. You give him something meaningful to do, and he's happy. So it's tough to, like, just keep him busy and, 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 and uh, engage in a positive, productive manner. Because otherwise he exhibits those behaviors like you're talking about that people don't want to see. Right. You know, the rambunctiousness and the barking and all that stuff. But, you know, like one thing that my trainer does. So we meet, you know, probably, you know, we meet every so often. Um, and But what she's done, though, She'll get the dog. She does something with the food where the dog starts chattering her teeth. So, like, she holds, hmm. like, she holds it, like, just outside of the bite of the dog. And the dog's, like, <laughs> like really, really fast. Really? And, it, and it, what I think that she's doing, though, is she's training the dog to respond to the food. You see what I'm, well, like, you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't think my dog responds. Yeah, because I think that part of the reason why it's working for me is because someone who knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I just do I as don't. I'm told, right? I That's don't. the one I'm skill gonna, I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a comment, and I'm going to get lit up by PETA when this episode airs. Like, what I know is pain retains. Right, right. Right? So this, this, this positive, uh, just continue to, like, lead them with the, the treat, and they'll do what's right. Like, Okay, but there needs to be some negative reinforcement to go with that like, if you want to have any kind of real progress with the dog. Like, right? like they need to know when they've messed up. I'm not saying I, I don't beat my dog, I don't abuse my dog, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Just like with a kid, right? Like if you tell, like if I told my daughter she's ten, if I said, "Hey, I'm going to give you ten dollars a week if you get this list of stuff done, if you do your chores," right? But if there's no negative to it she could just be like eh, i don't care if i get the 10 bucks i'm not doing it absolutely but if she knows hey if you don't do the chores you owe me 10 bucks then it's like oh well i guess i better do them because i don't want to have to give up the 10 dollars i do have i'd rather get an extra 10 bucks yeah but if there's no negative to it and there's only a positive to it 
Yeah, and well, we, and we do negative. We do the negative stuff that we. Um, and it doesn't have to be. It can just be like a. She wears a gentle. I use I use a disappointed dad voice. Yeah, well, just crushes well, we them. use a gentle. Well, we use the, the negative reinforcement. I use is we have a gentle lead and I'm, yeah, I'm pull them down, those. and they, they dogs don't like to. It's be, uncomfortable. They yeah. don't like they don't like the down stuff like up or away or something. They kind of that kind of uh, doesn't really phase them. Mm-hmm. But you start pulling them like down to the ground and stuff. They don't particularly like it. So. Mm-hmm. There are ways to do it, and then you got to use that, you know, you got to use that deep voice, so on and so forth. You know? Yeah, yeah. With him, so I take him. Uh, the only time he gets to go off leash, I take him to this big field uh, over by by my house, by behind the elementary school when when school's not in session, and I take a tennis racket and a tennis ball because I can't throw a ball far enough to to wear him out. So I take a tennis racket with me, and I just crank these things out across this field as far as I can hit them right. <laughs> He runs out and gets them, but I, I use the e collar. Yeah, because dogs can get distracted, like kids can get distracted, and my voice oh. won't always get his attention. Right, like if he sees something that's more interesting than his tennis ball, I need to be able to get him to focus on me again. You know, so it's not like I'm hitting him and he's doing a backflip, you know, right, right, or right. something. But it's and most times it's on vibrate, but it's enough to make him go, what. Oh, oh, yeah, he wants my attention. And then he'll come running back over with his tail wagon with a tennis ball. Yeah. Right? But you got you to have some way to control him uh, and keep him focused, man. It's like uh, die marking cartridges um, in the military when you train. Yeah. Like CQB training, right? That's oh, yeah. pain compliance, right? Oh, yeah. Pain retains, man. <laughs> I remember when first CQB course I went through. So we used some munitions, yeah, right? Yeah, of right? course. Me like, too. Like yes. Nine millimeter rounds. Yep. Shoot a plastic marking I've done it. cartridge, right? Yes, sir. And so we'd go in to do a room clear, and you'd take your, you do your clear, you take your positions, and if you hadn't done something right or you're doing something wrong, the instructor would just stand there and shoot you in the leg. <laughs> and he wouldn't right. say anything to you. He would just keep shooting you until you figured out how you were wrong. And then once you figured out, like, what it was, like, you forgot to check behind the sofa or you're standing in front of a closet you didn't clear, then you're like, you never forget that again because you got shot in the leg, like, 30 times while your brain was trying to process what you didn't do right. Yeah. You remember it forever. You don't make the mistake. That's absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and for people listening that haven't experienced this, it's very painful. This isn't like... It'll put holes in your uniform. It will... You will, yeah, you'll make you bleed. You, yeah. I mean, some, you bleed from if it's it. close yeah. enough, you're, you're going to bleed <laughs> yeah. through. I mean, on top of the on top of your your camis or whatever yeah. you Marines weirdos call your Cam- uniform camis uniforms <laughs> utilities. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly, something like that. Yeah, but so, yeah, was, but then, you know, back to that. Though, I mean, that's kind of that's that's in, that's uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like that, that stuff was a lot of fun. You know, yeah. never going to do that. You know, whenever you're going to get to. I'm, Never gonna get to do it at that level, like ever again. You no, know I mean? no. But I like I like that uh, within our our little circle of you know veterans down here in the you know, VBC and everything. We've got you know guys like Ron Holmes, yeah, that runs ranges, and we can have range days like we did, where we just like, hey man, can we come out? Let's do a Saturday where we all just show up. We bring all our stuff. Let's shoot steel. Let's have a good time. So we can yeah. still kind of. Scratch yeah, that itch, yeah. you know, like maybe yeah. not to the same level that we used to do, but uh, it, it's still nice to have that as an option. Yeah, I'm actually that's that's the probably the next thing that I'm kind of working on is trying to get a land and have a trying to get some land and have a private hunting club. Ooh, which is going to be like you know that'd be cool. VBC. Are you trying to do that locally, VBC. like this area? Oh, yeah, it'll be like Brunswick or Pender. Yeah. Okay. And it, I'm not trying to look. 
I'm not look. I know it's so. It's kind of like this cliche thing. Now, now we're getting oh, into what's on what's on Ethan's. Moving play. forward, yeah, let's yeah. move forward. That sounds like a good idea. It's a uh, hunting club. I like it. Yeah, it's going to be a private hunting club, right? So, and I'm not really trying to get crazy can, with it. Can I, I got come? to go for it. Can I come? Absolutely. To the, oh, to the private that's club. what I was going to say. Like, I'd open it up to VBC members first. Now you're right now, because like <laughs> the idea is like for me, like I'm not really. It's not. I'm not. Maybe I should be looking because money but my point is i'm not really looking at it like a business like if i could get to the point where basically i break even and like we have a cool place to shoot yeah if it doesn't cost you anything then it's a win yeah well and then everyone else can be involved and have a cool place to shoot too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah um kind of spread the it's not even really a risk though but anyways you know that's kind of where i'm going with that um i got to go out you know we did that thing with ron that was awesome you know and then i went to another range um a while ago a while ago and like we had the range to ourselves. It was just like me and this dude. Mm-hmm. We had like a, I don't know, it was probably like 30 by 30. And we had a pistol range. No one else was there. It was, that is, and it's that's where fun. I want it. That's where I need to, that's what I got. That's what I need. Yeah. I think I need that. That's, that's good therapy. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's good therapy. I think, you know, you could do like, we could do like events there. We could do, I mean, I don't know, who knows we could tie into, you know, like I went to that, um, Garrett, I can't, it was a Garrett that offered that, uh, the first um, meritorious, trying to get a plug in for meritorious, I guess, but um, they did that that executive veteran networking thing out in uh, Mebbin, North Carolina. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, won yeah, that yeah. knife. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, I got yeah. second place in that pistol thing. Yep. Like, that was, like, you want to go back to, like, you know, doing something kind of cool. Like, yeah. that was like, they, you know, they, it was the Veterans Day, it was like a Veterans Day professional networking thing. Yeah, and you know they had like like a six R rep there, and like they gave away some pistols to the people that won these these matches. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that was like that was pretty cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you know, you know, trying to replicate something like that. You know. Yeah, that'd be fun for sure. Yeah. Very cool, man. Yeah. I like it. You gotta have you gotta have something to look forward to. Yeah. Something you're planning towards, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're we're coming close to our our time that we've got allocated for our conversation today um so as we wrap this up i always have two final things that that i ask uh, one is um what piece of advice do you want to leave on the table for anybody that's listening words of wisdom from ethan bickley and it doesn't have to be on transition or business or military it can be on anything you want and it can be for whoever you want to receive it all right um I'll close it out with uh, the early bird may get the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. <laughs> I love it. That's thought provoking. Yes. And that, that's, <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's some serious shit, my friend. Yes. It's heavy. Yes. Heavy. Yes. I like, uh, I've got a similar one to that. Um, you know, you've heard the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, that's right. right? You've heard that, right? Right. My counter to that is always, yeah, and the nail that sticks out is the one to get hit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, like, you know, which way do you want to look at it? You know, right. <laughs> There's always a counter to to the narrative. So, very uh, true. I like that. That's good, man. No one, no one's uh, thrown anything like that out yet. That's good. I remember that. And then the second thing I, I like to ask is, um, are there any uh, book recommendations you have? Anything you've read that have impacted you in a 
uh, a significant way. And it doesn't, I mean, it could be like The Hobbit, dude. It doesn't have to be a right, business right. book or a self-help book or something like that. You got you got any gems hidden away that you can share with yeah, us? Yeah, I mean, I always, always suggest uh, reading Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith. Okay. Yeah, that's um, that's a big, big one. Big one. So. I'm writing it down. Good. I've got my, my book recommendation list here. Selfishly, I get lots of awesome book recommendations from doing these podcasts. So basically, real quick, like Adam, basically what he, he wrote about economics back in 1776. And um, like all this stuff, like probably 90, for, I don't know, somebody's got to call this out if they're some weirdo, but like 90% of it still holds true today. I wrote yeah. a book about economics like hundreds years. of years ago. Yeah. And literally like it can be applied to today's stuff. So anyways. Have you ever read The <clears throat> Richest Man in Babylon? No, I have not. It's a really short read. It's like probably take you two hours to read it. Okay, little like almost like a pamphlet. Size, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, you, book. I know exactly what you mean. Um, but it's similar to that. It's it's the story is situated in Babylon, back when Babylon was still a, a major city, and they're still constructing the walls around it, and slavery was after it was Constantinople a thing, and all that before before Constantinople, way before That's like right. biblical times. Way right, before. right, right. I know. I'm trying um, to make it, but. Uh, it's similar. It's, it's all about um, economics, more like individual and family economics. Right. Um, but the principles, they're timeless. They apply forever. Um, and so that's, that's one that's on my daughter's reading list for when she hits her teen years. At 10, she's not quite ready for it, but I think in another two or three years, um, I'll have her read it probably every six months just to drive that lesson home, you know? Yeah. So. I just hope that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good, man. Yeah. Uh, well, man, dude, we covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, we really did. Everything from service dogs to acting to, I mean, we covered all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. So I wasn't too far off with, with estimating that this might be the most epic episode ever. <laughs> Stop, uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, I appreciate you coming down. Thank you for Happy your time enough, today. Um, thanks for, you know, continuing to support the VBC and, and showing up every month and being that guy that always looks for ways to help people out and connect people and uh, doing what you do with the Honor Foundation and and helping the active duty folks with their transition, that's huge. Um, I went about it completely completely the wrong way, which becomes more and more apparent to me every time I talk to a guy who's transitioning now. I'm like, gosh, I'm such a chump. (laughs) So uh, it's awesome that you're you're giving back in that manner and helping people out. So I really appreciate it, dude. And um, Hopefully I'll see you. I guess it'd be next Thursday at yeah. Rebellion uh, yeah. for the February meeting, man. That's sweet, man. I'll be there, bro. Cool, dude. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for checking out the VBC Podcast. I am State Farm Agent Rob Renz, and I want to help you get to a better place. Visit us online at ilminsurance.com. That's I-L-M insurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.